considers it home now, but will he in 10 months? Austin Matthews talks to the media the other day about the contract extension with Nathan McKinnon, uh, signing his latest extension, which we'll get to a little bit later. Welcome to Leafs Talk Forever. This is episode 26. This is our preseason edition. So we'll, we'll have we cover from roster battles to some cool over-unders, some new topics. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it because we've got a jam-packed one hour with our... If you're watching, going to be watching this on YouTube, you're going to see some cool effects, including that intro video. It was the first time we did it, so it was a little spacey, but we'll get better at it. We've got a cool overlay, and we've got all three of us on our cartoon pictures um, with the little cloud bubble thing around it when we're talking so you can see unfortunately we don't have names because kyle got cut off but anyways let's get into the meat and potatoes of this thing scott you want to start off with or kyle do you want to start off with topics um sure yeah i'll I'll talk about a topic that uh just happened recently all in one day basically um just all of the three defensemen retiring um pk suban I'm sure none of us really expected that. Um, he's still young, but he's a people person, and I see him going as a analyst somewhere. He'll he'll definitely be at a desk. Um, I don't know what your guys' take is on that, but uh, I definitely see him working uh, working a desk as uh, he's a very talkative person, people person. Yeah, I agree with that. Fun um, fact, actually. There is a rumor slash kind of truth to it, but a uh, guest of CEO or CEO of the NHL or whatever was on um, 32 Thoughts, and he said that he is using P.K. Saban in a show that's going to premiere in 2024. But you know how it's like Cribs or, you know, the Hockey Wife show where they kind of like go behind the scenes about the player's life? Well, Cribs is a little bit different, but apparently they're doing that with P.K. Subban. He's oh, wow. gonna be the initial, so you're not wrong. He's definitely a people person. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just to add to him, uh, he, I guess, spent the prime of his career in Montreal, and then unfortunately, from there, it kind of went downhill. Um, Nashville, he wasn't the best, um, and then New Jersey, he definitely went downhill. But he he had a good uh, short short career of what it was made his money and uh it's moving on now um we also have big z uh i'm sure all of us expected that to happen it's just gonna be crazy not seeing that huge giraffe um on the ice when the leafs are playing whether it's islanders boston uh washington it'll be different not not playing against big z I'm uh, kind of glad he retired. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad thing. I, I hated when he was on Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, and then, I, wonder, um, I wonder if they're going to retire his jersey next year then. Yeah, I could true. definitely see that happening. And then the final one was uh, Keith Gandel. This season, sorry. Not next year. Keith Yandel. Um he was. He wasn't really surprised. Um, I still can't believe what happened last year with Yandel and that uh, Iron Man streak. Oh yeah, yeah, that was kind of bullshit. Scratched yeah. him for a rookie. 
Yeah, and that that's what ended it, right? They they just decided to scratch him. Like it wasn't. Yeah, one, once he beat it. Yeah, once he beat, once he broke it, the next game he got scratched. It was actually against Toronto when he got set. Oh, really? So now uh, I think by and game Kessel twenty, has. yeah, by by game twenty, Kessel will be able to tie the Ironman streak against Toronto, and then the next night or the next game against Arizona, will be able to break it. Huh, or, what are the odds? Yeah. <laughs> also, do you guys see Phil Kessel? No, Kyle, you you have Instagram. You must have seen Phil Kessel at that golf tournament, no? I did, yeah. Yeah, he's lean, man. Yeah, he, he's definitely not the uh, the Phil that used to be. Yeah. Uh, no offense, Phil. What what the Leafs <laughs> fans used to call the lumberjack. Yeah, he he traded in the hot dogs for I, I don't even know what, but yeah, he just he's looking I don't know probably sixty seventy pounds lighter. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> good for him. I guess Arizona will do that to you. Got to do something because you're not winning games, right? Yeah, so uh, people are calling that retirement Tuesday. Three retirements in what, like twenty minutes? Yeah. PK all... Subban shocked me a lot. I heard that Tampa Bay had a lot of interest in bringing him in as an extra, but then they signed Phil Meyer, like re-signed him. But I still thought he was going to get some like cheaper, low-level, like Mark Giordano style contract. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was going to uh, to go to a contender for sure and want to win a cup, right? Never won a cup, Montreal, Nashville, and New Jersey. Yeah, if you're a Montreal fan, you guys pretty much ruined his career, just so you know. Like, he, he donated $10 million to a charity, a, ch- a children's hospital, and, and people really said that he was doing it all for himself, which, I mean, like, obviously you do it for some kind of clout as when you're donating $10 million, but, like, then they chose... Uh, was his name Max Pacioretty over him? So, and then uh, didn't I mean, Pacioretty do the same thing not long after, and everybody was praising yeah, him for it? Yeah, literally. Yeah, when he got named captain, he he donated to like a children's hospital. Yeah, and then after that, like all PK Subban wanted to do was win a cup for Montreal because his dad was a Montreal Canadiens fan. And then after that, I don't know what happened, but yeah, he has one of the biggest declines in production that and like that recent. Since analytics have been tracked in recent days, as ever didn't seen. He, didn't he hurt his knee or something? And a couple years ago, yeah. Apparently, he the reason why he decided to retire was he's apparently stated injuries. But Kyle is right. Apparently, like one U.S. U.S. network is going to hire him as a yeah, probably a similar role to an analyst slash cabbie. I mean, style. I think that's the reason why I wasn't as shocked. Like I was surprised that he did it because obviously I didn't think it would be this year, but. There's been rumblings for the last couple of months of him going to a broadcast role of of a network that wants him. So yeah, but like the salary cap is what makes these. I mean, not not probably Keith Yandel or Sinanchara, but like PK Subban. I mean, besides injuries and everything, he probably in a regular year without such tight to the cap, someone probably would have gave him one million dollars, whether it be Arizona. So he must have gotten some kind of better deal. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Sucks, I don't know. But... He'll probably never say either. So, yeah. But... However, I am kind of glad that all the older people, thirty-eight plus, will stop saying we need to get PK Subban on Toronto's defensive core, and that oh, will yeah. solve all our yeah. problems. Because <laughs> that's not happening. Keith Yandel, I would have liked to see him um, come back and play one more year, or however many more years, but just never miss a game and just stick it to Philly. 
because that was uh, that was kind of a jerk move to to bench him because he beat the iron metric. Meanwhile, the reason why he agreed to sign there was because they agreed to keep his iron metric alive. Yeah. So it's unfortunate, but not as unfortunate as Andrew Cogliano when his iron metric ended. You guys remember that? No. He, uh, I forget what team he was playing, but he threw a high hit on a guy. Didn't get a penalty. No one on the other team even came after him. No one chirped him on the bench. Nothing. He went back to the locker room after the game, was joking around with the guys, and then the man, the GM came down, and it was George Peros who said that they wanted to see him and suspended him. Didn't even take into consideration that he had played like 600 games straight. This is his first offense. And George Peros used to be his roommate when they played in Anaheim together. So he hasn't spoke to George Barrows since. I mean, I maybe so. now, but this was like, I don't know, four or five months ago when I heard that. But it was like kind of a dick move as well. You think like first first offense with this with the situa- situation that's at hand, like 600 games. Is a, he played through like, I think he played through like a grade four high ankle sprain or something like that. The only thing he's never played through was um, a separate shoulder. He had to take the day off to get a reposition or re whatever located. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. And then he got suspended, so kind of shitty. Don't you guys? um, Pardon me. Don't you guys find it funny how George Peros is like? It has to do with like player safety and stuff. Yeah, I I find that really funny, and same as Brennan Shannon when he used to do it. Yeah, like the the. Is this made up or what? Like, well, I mean, George I mean, Perros probably changed his role when he got knocked down by Colt Nor that one time. Yeah, he smashed his face off the ice. Ever, ever since then, he probably is like, I think that was the end of his career too. It was so right for that. Change his life. Maybe they think Maybe that That's someone who their career was riddled with suspensions or suspendable plays or whatever in both of Perros and Shannon's case that they'd have more of a an understanding of, of what, how many games to give or how many, like what, what the stipulation is in that, in that instance. Cause yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Like Peros was suspended a lot. Shanahan, I don't know if he was spent a lot, but he should have been there. He had some dirty plays. So maybe they just <laughs> figured that because they were involved in those plays and they had those negotiations and they, they kind of knew the, the general outline of how many games would be involved in those types of plays. They just think that that's the best, best person to put in those roles. Yeah, kind of dumb though. When you're like, you oh punch yeah, a guy in the face, you're gonna get yeah, you're, you punch a guy in the face, you're gonna get 16 games, and then um, you get like Nathan McKinnon, who legitimately ended Nolan Patrick's career after he rehabilitated for a year and a half, and no penalty, no suspension, no nothing. But Austin Matthews punches, or I guess technically high or cross checks Rasmus Dalin in the face, and it was like Lucifer has risen. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys yeah. haven't seen the show yeah. Supernatural, love the show. Watch it. And then late, later in the year, didn't someone do that to a Leafs player and nothing happened? It was like, uh, yeah, I think so. It was yeah. like a couple yeah. games later or something, right? It's usually yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, pretty true, much. Yeah. Um, so we'll just quickly touch on Leafs play. It's not that important, but we're just going to touch on and move on. Uh, Traverse City Tournament, Toronto. The first day that we, last week, actually, we they won that game when we did our podcast. Since then, they didn't win a game. So they won one and three. I think Robertson had like two or three points, maybe five points. No one really cares. No one really watched it. Um, 
Yeah, so that's pretty much it on that. And we'll move on to Leafs Media Day. Just a quick summary. Um, did either of you guys watch it? Not me. No, I didn't. I just heard uh, heard some things. I, I actually saw, out of, out of everything, I saw videos on uh, who was the best golfers and stuff. Oh, yeah, they were asking some pretty... Yeah, so from what I heard, Kerfoot's pretty good. Muzzin's pretty good. And... Well, I mean, Muzzin has to be good at something. Yeah. Besides getting injured. Yeah. A bit of a Band-Aid. <laughs> um, I know I heard Justin All's, like, uh, not super good, but I heard he's, like, super good friends with Jake Muzzin, and they go golfing a lot. He's also really good friends with Mitch Marner and John Van or James Van Riemsdyk, like, all of those three. John, um, John. <laughs> shout out to uh, okay, Jim Houston. No, it's Paul Romanak. Oh yeah, Paul Romanak. John Van He's like, yeah. first game of the season when Matthew scored. What was it? What was it? No, it wasn't that game when he scored four because Matthew scored all the four goals in that game. Anyways, one of the games Matthew's first season, he yelled out, "John Van Riemsdyk." Not as bad as Jim Houston when awesome Matthew scored that goal to. Uh, oh, yeah. What was it against Columbus when they came back in like three minutes and then scored overtime? And he's like, "Casberry Kapanen." And everyone's just like on Twitter, like. You dummy. <laughs> I love when commentators do that. It's hilarious. I, I think it's, uh, as much as I really didn't like him, I miss Jim Houston. I sucked. <laughs> him and Craig yeah. Simpson. I I think, uh, I mean, uh, Gordon Miller's kind of annoying, but I think Ray Farrar is the best of them that we that the Leafs, that the Leafs games have anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely. Joe Bowen, but they won't put him on TV for some reason. Well, yeah, yeah, so. I meant for TV purposes. Because the other oh, ones are kind of like, they kind of rotate. You have, uh, I can't remember his name, Chris Cuthbert and Craig Simpson yeah, and, and Gord Miller and Ray Farrell. And yeah, and then some the odd person here and there. Jamie McClemon or Mike Johnson or um, some people get Craig, but, but not the Leafs. Yeah. yeah. I, sometimes you got Gary Galley too, who's also notoriously bad at his job, but I'd rather listen to him sometimes than others. Uh, just yeah. quickly, I, another thing that I, I wanted to point out because I heard this joke, I want to tell you guys. So Toronto's getting sponsored by or partnering with the Ontario Farmers or Milk Farmers or whatever, Dairy Farmers. Um, so on their left side, right side of their jerseys, opposite to the alternates and captain's logo or symbol, they'll have a milk. People were really mad about this. I think it looks sweet. Like it's just it's just white writing. It just says milk. Like let's move on. Also, no better way for the dairy farmers to make a little bit of money back. I don't know what their partnership entails, but they're probably going to make a little bit more money than they would. And also, who doesn't freaking love milk? But anyway, someone said that uh, Joe Bowen should say, instead of Holy Mackinac, they should say Holy Milkinac. I just killed myself. (laughs) When I heard that on the radio, I just killed myself. That's dumb. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, "All right, <laughs> that's not even a good one." No, <laughs> could you imagine if he yelled on "Holy Milk" and I, I would be dying on the couch. Anyways, I was just thinking about that for like two days to tell you guys, and you guys just let me down. You said it's not even good. Couch is like, no, as he's got a milk mustache on top of a real mustache. Like, <laughs> uh, I never understood the backlash for that. Like, it's not like in Europe where they have like eight or nine. But these are barely noticeable. And some fans were going crazy, like, we don't need them on the jersey. Like, even the owner of Edmonton Oilers, like, we'll never put a sponsor on our jersey ever that doesn't fit with the game. And then they revealed what they look like, and it's like a three-inch patch on the shoulder of the player. Yeah. Like, you're not even going to see it unless they zoom in on it. So yeah, I don't see that. 
fly. Also, it's like they have logos on the on the helmets to help, I guess, revenue, which also in a roundabout way will somehow down the road help with the escrow and all this other stuff and then yeah. potentially bring down ticket prices because they'll be generating more revenue. So maybe they won't need to charge 500 yeah, bucks not. for a Leafs ticket. I mean, no, not on the Leafs, but <laughs> other other places, maybe in America. Um, it's funny so how yeah, the Leafs maybe always been like up. Like when that was like, what, 2004, 2005 or six or in that area, four to seven, 2004 to 2007, the Richard Shard movie came out, The Rocket. And oh, like yeah. the games that they're playing, Toronto, the fans in the stands are always portrayed as like rich, stuck-up snobs. So that, would, but that would, like the movie was based in like the the fifties and sixties or whatever. So it's funny how that's always been like a, a rich person fan base generalized stereotype for the least because the tickets yeah. are so expensive. Whew, excuse me, just got a yawn. Yeah, that is um, kind of dumb that it's so expensive, but I guess life goes on. Um, yeah, well, especially so, since um, the the people who own the the Leafs are already rich and making money every other way they can. Yeah, yeah so every other tickets way. Tickets would be a bit. Tickets would be a bit lower. Yeah, I'm not getting into that. They're crazy expensive. Yeah, whoever owns those companies are uh, jerks. Anyways, so um, <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, Leafs media day. A couple points. Austin Matthews, as mentioned off the top said that Toronto feels like home. He doesn't want to talk about the contract, so he wants to, he'll deal with it another 10 months when he has 10 months to renew. There's a little point that I want to get to in a second about that. Um, Sandine was brought up a lot about how he wasn't there. Other people gave their opinion about how he's a valued part of the team and uh, it's going to suck that he's not there, blah, blah, blah. Typical, typical. Uh, but one, one thing I noticed that a lot of people are pointing at is the Kyle Dubas entering this year without a contract extension, which, like, we don't need to get into big. I just think it's it's a good distraction to have because they're going to be talking about how Kyle Dubas is going to be on the hot seat and maybe not so much so worried about the little things. Like, for example, no one's talked about how William Nealer is also due to an extension in 10 months. But because Austin Matthews, first Kyle Dubas, then Austin Matthews, it's amplified by the McKinnon extension, too. So it's... I just... I I just am confused really about how Kyle Lewis not having a contract for next year is really that big of a deal. He's still paid to do his job now. I mean, like a player is different because you build your team around the player. Like I understand a GM, he builds the team, but to me, it's just like uh, it shouldn't really be any media coverage, really. Like hopefully it ends. But although it is a good distraction, I just hopefully that's not like all year that they talk about this. Um, I think Dubas made point of that in the in his little speech that he gave about yeah. how his attention is on the players and on the team and and the staff and 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 trying to win as opposed to himself and his contract. But I, I I think if that's the case, if that's true, I'm assuming it's true. Why would he say it otherwise? Um, then I, I I feel like they'll they'll be more worried about Matthews and Neil, even though Nylander's not really in in the news a lot, I feel like he'll 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 probably be signed before next year. I just think yeah, like you said, Matthews being the arguably the best player in the league overshadows the other, whether it's signings or issues or or movement 
and that the Le- the Leafs will make in the, the next coming months. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I think Nylander will probably be during the hopefully during the season next year. If not, like July first, I think it's supposed to be free agency. But I hope it's not to the very end because he, of all people, I think would have a higher chance of leaving because other other teams value. I mean, not that Toronto doesn't value him, but other teams will value him a lot higher than. Not, maybe not Toronto media, Toronto, or Toronto's fan, um, management and media, but Toronto's fans. Toronto's yeah. fans rip on that guy. And if he went to a quiet market, say, for example, let's just say, not that he's going to, but let's just say Columbus, where it's a little bit quieter, but apparently like a great hockey city to live in and play in. I think that he would be like top dog, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, and- he doesn't strike me as that type of guy that needs that. But at the same time, like I wouldn't want to be bashed on all the time, called all these names. Yeah. If I was in his shoes and he does want to resign, which all indications point to that they do, him, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, whatever, uh, I, I I think in his from his perspective, it would make more sense to sign before free agency or before the off season because then you'll have people bringing up the last time he needed a contract and it ran late, yeah, and they couldn't really work on a deal. So then you'll have all that added pressure and stress and and uh, annoyance from fans claiming like he's going to do it again or whatever. Yeah, I mean the the only good thing I can say is Toronto does have two years of these players left. So depending on how this year shapes, obviously they still have one more year. But I mean, they could not, not want to sign an extension. Ten no, ten months to sign an extension. Like after ten months, they're eligible. Ten months brings oh. us basically to July first, okay. and then yeah. ju- they still have all of next year too. But ten months until they are eligible under the CBA. So and that to me, the fact that Matthews brought that up just means to me that he's he's set on ten months that he's gonna sign an extension. But let's get into this. I want your guys' opinion on this. So the other day, listening to the radio, Frank Cervelli came on, he was talking about Austin Matthews and the contracts, this, that, the other. So notoriously, after their entry level deal, they sign an eight year deal. Sometimes they sign a bridge deal. Not everyone in history of life has signed or the history of NHL has signed a five year deal for basically the max that they could get at the time, like Matthews did. So there's speculation that people are saying that he's going to sign an eight-year deal. Frank Cervelli heard, on the other hand, that he might be looking in the range of three to five years. And somehow there's a number out there that Austin Matthews wants to play 13 years with Toronto, which would mean that he could potentially sign another five-year deal. And then after that, a three-year deal, still be 31, 32 years old and move on. He could play with Toronto longer. I don't know. But if Toronto could sign Matthews and he wanted a three-year deal, would you guys be like pissed or would you guys say okay like in three years or two and a half years we'll go through this again or would you guys say like the the intention should be locking him up for eight because mind you keep in mind he may not want that but what would you guys say as fans Kyle um see I at this point I would just obviously I'd want the eight as a fan um lock him up for as long as you can but at this point, like, you don't want to be too difficult with the guy. If he wants three, give him three. He's the, he's the face of your franchise as of right now. Um, and three years, obviously, it's going to go by really quick. Um, like, we're already at the point where it's, okay, Matthew's contract is almost over. We have this season and the next season guaranteed, and then who knows what's going to happen. It's already gotten to that point. Um, and another, then another three years is going to come by, and it'll be there again. 
Well, he'd be, I think, I think he just turned 24 or 20, 24, 25. 25. 25. Okay, so he'd be like 28. Um, or no, he'd be right around what, 29? 29, yeah, 30? he'd be turned 29, yeah. Yeah. Um, still pretty young considering the fact that that would be a second contract he signed if he does yeah. do the three. But yeah, I don't know. My opinions take whatever he wants at this point because he might not want that eight and say, no, okay, I'll just go to a different team then. If you're not going to give me three. Yeah, Scott? I agree with that. Obviously, from a fan, and we haven't really ever had a player that could be the potential of Matthews. We have had star players in the past, but I feel like by the end of his time in Toronto, he'll be a player unlike any other the team has ever had or may ever have again. Uh, but I agree with Kyle. If he wants the three, then give him the three just so then it doesn't kind of ruffle his feathers and he walks out the door after the first time. Um, because who knows, he could stay longer, right? He said, I think you mentioned he wanted to stay until he was in his, like, what, 31 or 32? Well, I don't I don't know who said this, but someone on the morning show the other day said that 13 years is allegedly what they heard. Like, 13 yeah, years being how long his, he wants to stay. From his draft year, or it's like his first general. Yeah, like right? he wants to play a, a, yeah. apparently in, in Toronto for 13 years minimum, but I don't know why that number would be had because, like, he says he wants to be a leaf for life, and then people are saying 13th, so I'm just throwing that out there just to see. Yeah, but I mean, even then, like he could, if that's true, and the thirteen-year thing is sticks. Obviously, we'll we'll have had him for thirteen years, but and that you could resign him. But yeah, I agree with Kyle. I think giving him the the shorter-term contracts, maybe not money-wise, but length, uh, would be the best option because then it it keeps him happy and, and potentially makes him want to stay again on his next term instead of giving him an eight-year and then after those eight years is up, he'll just be sick of the city. Yeah, I think like Toronto's going to ask for eight. He's going to ask for three, and then they're going to find the commonality in the ground in the middle of um, a five again. And then, so uh, the reason why I asked is because one of the hosts on the morning show said that if he signs a three-year deal next time, and then he keeps signing three-year deals, he'd be a trendsetter. So then I piggybacked off that and thought, and I said this to you the other day, Scott. If he does sign three years and say he gets fourteen million, and he signs three years, but he wants to re up with Toronto, but he wants to do it in three year increments, the the reason probably behind that is to maximize the amount of money he's going to get. Because if he got five or eight years for fourteen million dollars, yes, he's going to get a lot of money. But if he signs three years for fourteen million, and then after the next three years, the CBA changes, you can make more than twenty percent of the cap per individual. Let's say then group of players is signing for 15.5 or 16 million. So then he's signing for 16 million for three years. And then another three years goes, you know, until he reaches that peak of no one wants to sign up for the max. Yeah. Like in a sense, it could be a new strategy rather than locking someone up for eight years right off the bat. Cause then they're locked in and then like they can't, it's not like football where they can restructure their contract. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like a smart idea to be honest. And he, he does take that different road. He went to Europe or he went to Switzerland to play with men. He got drafted. He could have went to the USHL. He could have went to the OHL. He went to there. He played. He got drafted. He's he's 
took a different career path in general of not just like how he's played and how he's how he is as a player but also like he's big into like vogue and all these other media outlets that are more for fashion and stuff rather than the sports illustrated you know what i mean yeah like trendy fashion is kind of his style which is also a trend now because matthew barzell likes to do it this person likes to do it pk Saban also embraced that like and now if he trends sets this trend then like that's just insane that one player can change how so many things in the league works. Like apparently now the NHL centered around some players, including I guess himself wants to ban the dress code like that. You like Toronto already has got rid of it allegedly, but now that you don't need to wear a suit to the game, you can wear kind of like basketball. Yeah. Which I mean, like to be honest, I, that doesn't really, what a player wears to the game doesn't really affect my life, but yeah, I don't, it's I never interesting. That. I don't know. It's a big deal. Uh, I mean, I could. What'd you say, Kyle? Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, maybe they're thinking of like a like from a professional perspective, but like, it's not even like what they're wearing is like, like Matthews. It's all high fashion stuff. Like, what's yeah? What's wrong with that? Like, if he wants to wear that, he can wear that. He's walking in looking like 1999 Johnny Depp. Yeah, with the hats and everything. Like it's not that. It's not that he's bad walking, of a thing. He's wearing thousands, thousands of dollars of clothes, necklaces, rings, yeah. whatever he's got on him. So, like, which is probably more expensive than the suits they buy because they exactly. have to buy 14 billion of them. So, exactly. and they just rotate them, right? So, yeah. What were you saying, Scott? I I was gonna say like. I don't necessarily see it becoming a trend. Like, I mean, there may be players who try to copy it, but I feel like the the traditional uh, bridge deal or just a longer term deal will still remain as the 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 preferred option for a, a lot of players because it, it provides that more of that financial stability. You know, yeah, jumping three years. I mean, not a player like Matthews will he'll get some anywhere so I guess that that's not really a, a worry for him because even if it's a three-year deal he'll get a three-year deal from every team in the league but I mean I, I don't necessarily see it becoming a trend unless it's like the, the, the top three percent of players in the league who, who are going to make 15 million dollars yeah I agree with that and like for with regards to well like are, are you talking like three years consistency with like the same team or, like, because my point I was going to bring up is, like, if it's not, like, three years with the same team and it's, like, three years switching from, I don't know, maybe, let's say, let's say, for example, Matthews went three years with the Leafs, another three years with the Leafs, and then went to another team, didn't like that team, and then went to another team. So there he's at uh, uh, three teams in 12 years, like, and maybe he has a family by then or whatever. Like, I don't know. Sometimes, like, I know change and stuff with hockey players and families is always tough. And, like, it happens. But, like, that the, the, the three-year contract thing will not benefit that. But, I like you said, I, I wouldn't see every player doing it. Like, obviously, it starts setting a trend. But... Um, like maybe these higher um, paid players would be doing that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think 
I think it could become a trend until such time that people start having families. Because then, like, do you really want to uproot your family every three years? Whether it be even if you sign, like, even if you sign with Toronto for nine years and you did it three times at three years, like, there's still a chance that maybe Toronto, like, not Austin Matthews per se, but like, there's still a chance that Toronto doesn't want to offer him that contract after the second grouping of third three years, you know? So now he's got to uproot his family, maybe his kids two, three years old. Yeah. It it also could make sense from a team perspective too, though. Like, because then you, you don't have to pay the player. I mean, I guess on the new contract, you have to pay them more. So maybe that aspect is a bit of a – but as opposed to paying, paying a player $16.5 for eight years, you pay him 16 for three, and then on his next contract, he makes – a little bit more, right? And then you, you potentially have more flexibility for contracts of, of players leaving, players coming in. So you're not always locked into these guys for eight, nine years. May I ask, what is that, what is that noise? Are you guys hearing that noise? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my mom vacuuming upstairs. Oh. I, apologize. I apologize for that. She had to do it right now when she was trying to record a podcast. Oh, my bedroom's right below the family room. Just do it right now. Kyle just has the worst luck with noises, eh? First the gong, then that girl in the o'clock. background screaming. He's just, he's just freaking out. He's, he's Will Ferrell from, uh, from Wedding Crouchers. Mom, yeah. where's the meatloaf? <laughs> he's yeah, like, I'm at fucking nine o'clock. Like, I'm going like, to let him hear it after. It's okay. Oh, man. This guy's going to get evicted from his parents' house. <laughs> oh, sleeping on the streets tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it's all right. There's homeless shelters. Anyways, um, <laughs> that's great. I'll leave my car. I just car. do the podcast. Not that homelessness is a funny issue, but no, 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 no. But like sometimes it's okay to make jokes about like I don't know and just laugh and not take everything so serious. So let's just everyone chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's just bounce through these quick because I want to get onto roster battles and the ads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, McKinnon, twelve point six million dollars per year for eight years. How to get the extra hundred k to bring him to the highest paid player until Matthews, where Matthews will probably come in around thirteen plus because mustachio um, injuries. Lilligren is out for six weeks with a sports hernia. Uh, Ingval, no one I don't think actually knows the reason, but they're saying that he's supposed to miss training camp. An and Jake, ankle. is it an ankle? Yeah. All right. And Jake Muzzin, uh, I, I don't know. Apparently, it's like his back or something. One week. So, uh, oh, the other thing I want to mention quick. So, obviously, Sonny Milano, PTO, Calgary. He's he was in Calgary today working with Nazem Kadri and Brent Sutter. Apparently, him, uh. Kadri and uh, Mangiapane was the second line or something like that skating together. The Foley was on the top line with Lindholm and Huberto. So I thought that was a bit interesting. Uh, but the quick, I just want to mention this. Sam Solonoff talked today to the media. And apparently he said that there's teams that are offering him more than one year, but he chose Toronto. So there could be a chance that he could see himself being as the starting, like being the starting goalie for Toronto for years to come with this core that they have. So Hopefully he does well. Yeah, that that also could have been promised to him, though, right? Yeah, I know, I know, but I mean, like, he could take one year as a show me deal for the one million dollars or whatever, and then get a five million dollar contract next year. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, the the Leafs could have also proposed that as a 
like come in for one year and prove yourself and then be the goalie of the future for the Toronto Maple Leafs and play with, like, I was just agreeing with what you said. Okay, I got you, I got you. Um, all right, so we're going to do the ad breaks uh, soon, but we will be looking at, uh, if someone wants to explain, I just got to do one quick thing. So if someone wants to explain what's coming up next, uh, and then Kyle, if you quickly want to touch on the betting, I don't know if you if you have any over-unders or any um, whatever betting lines, maybe for uh, any big games to bet on this week for football. Uh, yeah, I could I could cover that after. Okay, so let's do uh, Scott touch on just the breakdowns of what we're doing after the break, and then Kyle get into the betting. I just need to upload one file. Uh, yeah, so, so after we do the ad break, we kind of mentioned it, I think we mentioned it last week, where we have our prediction segment. We're going to be talking about potential roster battles in preseason and who we think is going to make the team from those battles. Uh, we're going to do kind of like a mini uh, bet line, like over-under on like goals or, or points or, or who uh, gets the goalie, how many go- games the goalies play, things like that. We're not just players, but also the team. And then we're going to throw out some even season-wide predictions for like who we think may win awards, who we think will win the Stanley Cup, what team we think will have the first pick in the draft, and then kind of like a standing where we think Toronto or other potential Canadian teams will, will fit into the standings of the league. So we'll go on to the betting. We'll go on to the – sorry, not the betting. We'll go on to the advertisements, and then we'll come back. Uh, Kyle can finish up his point spread on the games to bet this week weekend story for football and then we'll get right into the predictions so we should be able to do the predictions about half an hour so it might run a little bit longer than an hour but stay with us lately i've been listening to a lot of Leafs guy with jim taddy presented by the hockey podcast network and it's been a great experience one of the reasons why it's been great to listen to is because i use my raycon wireless earbuds to do it raycon's everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever with their optimized gel tips and perfect in-ear fit that provides you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. And they're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Some of my personal favorite features of these headphones are their earbud tap functions, and their noise isolation feature. I use these all the time at the gym. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any football team to win and get $200 in free bets. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings step-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg, you can add your boost for winning up to 100%. With uh, payouts bigger than ever, so why not bet on football? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per day 
all season long. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That code is THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility requirements. Uh, Sorry, restrictions apply. See notes for details. All right, so I think Kyle's good. Uh, we're sorry if this seems a little shaky. We're still trying to iron out the kinks. Uh, we're trying to go onto YouTube as much as possible. So um, the, di- the the hardest part about it is the DraftKings uh, sports ad. Uh, it changes every week. The Raycon one seems to say the same. So we have the auto recording of that that I've already recorded prior. And then the DraftKings is going to be a little bit shakier because I'm reading it out loud and I don't want to make any mistakes. So if I do, I apologize. So yeah, Kyle, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right, so finish up this um, the betting for this weekend for football. Obviously, DraftKings used this uh, promo code, bet on these games that Kyle's telling you about. Kyle is our football expert. Uh, and then we'll get into the season predictions. Yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, so my first bet was Chiefs minus five and a half. I like that spread going into Indianapolis. Um, Colts haven't looked very well this this year so far in the two games that they played. Um, tied with a very uh, very bad team. Uh, no offense, Houston. Um, they're not projected to be any good this year. They'll probably be a get bottom five team in the league. And then same with Jacksonville, but in that case, they got killed. Um, so I can see uh, Travis Kelsey and Ty- uh, not Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes going into Indy and winning uh, – 20 27 13 over the Colts. So minus minus five and a half right now. It's showing on uh on my app here. I'd take uh take Chiefs for sure. My second bet here, it's it's a little risky. Um couple two and oh teams, but I'm gonna take uh Miami Dolphins here. Uh Buffalo's favored by five and a half. I, I think they're gonna cover that spread. Um both teams have looked really good so far. Miami coming off of a, a big comeback win over the solid Baltimore Ra- Ravens, 142-38. Tua and Jalen Waddle looked just amazing in that game. Their chemistry is pretty solid. And Tyreek Hill, um, just talking about him actually, as he's gone from the Chiefs to the Dolphins now. Um He's starting to get used to Tua as well. Tua's got all these weapons now. Uh, Mike Mike Gesicki. I don't know if you guys saw him. He was the one guy who was trying to do the uh, the gritty. And the no, uh, I, I I didn't watch any of the games this past week. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's probably on the bloopers for trying to copy, trying to copy that uh, that dance, the gritty or whatever it's it's called. Oh, like um, um, the guy from Minnesota oh the does? gritty. Don't yeah, worry about it. We'll get a live stream camera for you this weekend at my brother's wedding. Kyle, I'm going to hit the gritty the whole time. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Okay. But, yeah, he's he's got a lot of weapons out there. Um, I can see them covering. Uh, Bill's coming off of a huge win over the Titans. That game wasn't even close. Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, oh, my gosh, those two are just unstoppable right now. Along with Buffalo's defense, holy cow. That team's looked really good. 
Um, but yeah, five and a half. I can I can see the Dolphins making it closer. Um, I think it's going to be another high scoring game. I can see it being uh, 30-27 for the Bills. Uh, that's my prediction. But that one's not that one's not a not a for sure. If I had to play, um, if I had to play a second game, that would be it for sure. But uh, closer on, I'd have to I'd have to definitely take a closer look at things. As of right now, that's it. There's no more. That's it. Yeah. All right. So every week, we will be doing the betting segment with Kyle, where he spends five to ten minutes, whatever it is, talking about the games. The challenge for him is to now come up with the best football games to win money on, as well as the best hockey games, because hockey starts, well, I mean, preseason starts this weekend. But Kyle, you're going to need to do your research. You want me on preseason games too? No, 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 not, not preseason. But when the okay. season starts, I want, you, I want you to try and do, or for the fans, I want you, because you're the betting expert here, I want you to try and do as much as you can on football, like the best games that you can, like three, four games that you can win money on guaranteed, yeah. and then some yeah. hockey games. So we've got some cool things coming up this season. Uh, so let's transition now into uh, the predictions area of the podcast. We've got uh, roster battles over under, as Scott mentioned before, and predictions. So we'll start with the roster battles. You've got Zach Ashton Reese, Adam, Ga- Adam Gaudet, Nick Robertson, Wayne Simmons, Kyle Clifford, Victor Mete, Jamie Ben, uh, sorry, Jordy Ben, Joey Anderson, and then not added onto this list, but we also have Sam Sonoff and uh, Matt Murray. Who do you guys think as number one? We can go through the list or we can just pick and choose of whom we'd want. We could choose one person who's not making it, one person who is making it, two people that are close on roster battle, whatever you guys want to do. But let's get into it a little bit. Sky, want to start? Uh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm just going to give my opinion on who I think will make it of the list we provided. Uh, not necessarily just pick one player that I want from the list. So, obviously, there's more players that could, like, in the preseason that I'll be playing, like uh, Dural Gashinsev and Nick Abrajitsi and all them. But of the players provided, I think that Zach Austin-Reese, Nick Robertson uh, are the only two, and, and Adam Gaudet are the three then that are, are sure lock for the team. I think Simmons and Clifford will be, well, Clifford, will, I think, will be a minor leaguer until he's needed, which may not be at all this season. And I think Simmons will be a call-up candidate to replace a player, whether that's through injury or just a scratch or whatever. Same as Mete, Ben. And Joey Anderson, I don't think, is making the team. Well, the the, I think the thing be- is, Joey Anderson needs to get, go, be, uh, sorry, needs to be put on waivers to clear. Not saying that he won't clear. Well, yes, but like, regardless, because everyone starts up as like he'll need to go down, clear waivers. So he'll when he gets yeah, sent well, down two for the AHL. Not saying he's going to get cleared, but or sorry, claimed. But that's why I put him on this list. Also, Ben and Victor Mete. There's two defense injured right now, and one defenseman that's sitting out for contract negotiations. So, which one of those two do you think is going to be used more? They're both left. Well, th- that's what I mean. Like, I think there'll be similar situation to Simmons where they'll be called up to play on the team when needed. But, um, but yeah, but I mean, like two, game, I think game one, Mete is the one. 
Victor Mete? Yeah, I think I think Victor Mete will be the one of the of of those two that'll that'll be filling that spot for whoever is injured at the time. Obviously, so I, I, I think, think most, a lot of a lot of people may say Jordy Ben because he's more physical, but I think depending on how the lineup shakes shakes down, I think whether it's Giordano or when Muzzin comes back, I, I feel like Mete is a better fit for those two than than Jordy Ben is. I just have this feeling that um, that Toronto is actually potentially. So I mean, obviously, this will change when Sandine signs. But I have this feeling that Toronto's going to potentially use Victor Mete and Jordy Ben, like on, like not maybe every game, but I don't think that they're going to be call ups. I think that they're just going to be extra players, because like their forward group, how it's how it's stationed right now is the people like Clifford and Simmons. If they get sent down, I don't think that there's really that high of a chance if they claim or clear already that they're going to be claimed any other time, right? And other players like Robertson, yeah. SDA, all these other players, they don't necessarily require waivers. So I think Toronto could. Potentially, based on if depending on the cap, obviously, but if in a perfect world, I feel like they would want to keep Jordy Ben and Victor Mete up with them, so then they can use. So in case Giordano needs a day off or Muzzin's banged up and they're on a road trip, I think that you're going to see them carry an extra defenseman or two with them, which is smart because that's something like two years ago yeah. our, our seventh defenseman was Martin Brinson. Now we've got Victor Mete, former former first overall pick and or not number one, but first round. Sorry. And, uh, excuse me, Jordy Ben, who, I mean, obviously has fallen off a great deal, but five years ago was considered a regular in the NHL. Yeah. yeah and, and that makes sense if they can. I just don't think that they can make it work because they already have cap yeah. issues as it is. Well, I'm not, I'm not going by cap friendly, though. Contract. Everyone's going by cap friendly. And no, the I'm, issue with cap friendly is I, like, I know that, Simmons, but... Clifford. If they if they sign Sandine and that even if they're not over at this point, if they send down Clifford and they send down Simmons and whatever on cap friendly, whatever. But if Sandine Sandine signs for what, let's say in between one point five to two or just over two, like that, I think that'll still put them over the cap even with the other guys being sent down. No. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be different. I feel like yeah. there's enough enough space for Mete and Ben to be regulars. I think they'll have to be call ups when needed. However, there is teams in the NHL right now that. Um, that could use, say, for example, Toronto wants to sign, say, Zach Ash and Reese, and then they have yeah. Sandy to sign whatever. There is teams, for example, with Vegas, they have Leonard. Leonard, I think, would just Leonard alone, plus Brassois on LTIR to start the season. I think that'll be enough for them in cap, and there's still Nolan Patrick. Like, there's a lot of players in, out there right now that uh, um, Montreal apparently is supposed to have five players start the year on LTIR. Holy. So, like Paul Byron's, uh, Sean Monahan, as well as uh, Carey Price, and and Montreal's only ten million dollars over the cap. So once they put Carey Price on, they're pretty much set. So there's lots of players right now. I think like they're estimating like twelve players or ten players right now to be starting the season on LTIR. So there is a way that Toronto could potentially trade a, pay, a draft pick, say for, or not a draft pick, a prospect. Say, I don't know. Um, let's just say Joey Anderson. Like a team needs. Say Arizona needs Joey Anderson, and then they have a player. You know, what I mean, like there could be a chance that Toronto could swindle a little bit of a deal to bring in some cap relief. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, obviously, I'm not saying there was, but they're going to need to. I'm, I'm going off your point though. They're going to need to if they sign Ash and Reese. Well, yeah. 
because yeah. even with and Sandine then, yeah. and sending down those players, they're still going to be like eight hundred thousand dollars over plus Zach Ash and Reese. They'll bring them to like one point five. Yeah. So. But yeah, the, I was just yeah as it as it currently is structured, that I feel like Mete and Ben will be call up when needed as opposed to be uh, press box extras because of the cap. But if they could find a way to make that work, then yeah, why wouldn't you want that extra defenseman who you could put in the lineup every couple games to give your other guys rest? For me, yeah, I mean, anyway, back to my... Pardon me, sir? It was just, for me, it's just Austin Reese, Gaudette. I said, for me, it's just Austin Reese, Gaudette, and uh, Robertson that I think will win the roster spots of the guys we listed. I think there's a little bit of a delay on our feed, but uh, Kyle, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, I, I won't have much to say because uh, Scott Scott uh, basically summed up everything that I was I was gonna say. To be honest with you, um, but one one thing I'm gonna add though is when they signed Mete along with Ben, I was I was very shocked because I was like, okay, we've got like eight legitimate starters now like you can't have Victor Mete or uh Jordy Ben down in the Marlies like I, I just can't see them playing down there I don't know about you guys yeah they also have called Carl Dahlstrom who Kyle Dubas is very high on yeah and he's solid too so the, there's nine nine solid defensemen right there but so, Kyle think about it how many years ago did did Toronto have nine solid defense not in my lifetime. No, like you said, Martin Marinson was the was yeah. the like last year was Alex Biega who they called up. Yeah, so he's iffy. My 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 theory on this personally is like if they lose someone to free agent or waivers, they lose someone. But I have a feeling that's going to be Jordy Benover and Victor Mete, like that they'd want to lose, obviously. But I just have this strange feeling that Justin Hall is going to find himself out the door. I, I could see that. It literally clears up all the cap issues. That, that, 2. Would 5. Problem. that would solve the problem. That would solve the problem. is not comfortable playing on the right side. So let's just say in a perfect world, Sandine's in. Then who's playing, say, with Gio and Lilligrand? Who's playing with Sandine? Well, in a perfect world, if they need to choose between Jamie Ben and Victor Mete, apparently Victor Mete can play right the right side. So. And so then we'll you would see, have Muslim with Riley? Well, there's also TJ Brody. So I'm just oh, saying, yeah. like, I'm just saying, like, say you had four lines of defense, like Sandine yeah. won't play on the right side, but Victor Mete can. So I think it's just reassurance. I don't, I or um, insurance. I don't know. Like, this whole season's got me, like, confused. There's some weird stuff going on, and we haven't even played one preseason game yet. <laughs> uh, that I'm, also makes sense, I'm, like what you just said about. Uh, if they do move Hall, they have the cap space to have Mente and or Ben or both, whatever. Uh, because then if Muzzin is going to go back and forth with injuries, then you, you have that option of resting them every other game or every third game or whatever, right? And then you could just yeah shuffle Mente or Ben in wherever he was playing. I, I know that one time, I don't know if they were shifted on together, but there was one time when Wayne Simmons hit Quinn Hughes in the boards and Jordy Ben fought him. Yeah. It was during the bubble, like when they had that Eastern Canadian league. 
Now, Jordy Ben is left, and so is Quinn Hughes, I believe. So if that's the case, then Jordy Ben also, whether it be a shift or not, I, I'm assuming he feels comfortable playing on the right side. So now we have, let's just say, four defense who can play on the right side, or sorry, four defense who can play on the left side. Technically, TJ Brody is left who plays right, and then we have two more left that can play right. So I don't know if it's just like an insurance factor or because they've struggled with injuries and they don't want to have because like Kyle Dubas even mentioned Mac Hollowell and uh, I think his name's Philip or Philippe uh, Kral, a lefty and a righty in the farm team that they're expecting to play big minutes with the Marlies. So like they're talking ten deep on defense who they and they in their organization think that could be NHL players or eleven deep I guess it's like the media day did not clear up anything and then today Goddet. Sorry, um, Yarncroke was playing with Matthews and Bunting, and Goddett was shifting with Tavares and Marner. Wow. And Nylander was with, um, I forget, Camp and Kerfoot or something. And that's another thing. Everyone's roster that they're putting out does not include Kerfoot because everyone assumes he's getting traded. But then Sheldon yeah. Keefe said that it's nice to have y- Cali Yarncroke because Cali Yarncroke is essentially Alex Kerfoot but a right-handed version. So now they have a left and a right-handed version of each other that can play up and down a lineup. Literally, Kerfoot played in 11 of 12 positions last year, like roster spot. Like, it makes me excited because, like, it gives us stuff to talk about, but it's confusing because then we don't know what to talk about. Yeah. You know, like... I don't I don't necessarily... I mean, yeah, it's exciting based on the fact that I have stuff to talk about, but, like, I feel like that's more just them talking. Like, yeah, they may be high on Mac Hollowell or Phil Kral or Carl Dahlstrom, but I don't feel like they're going to be making the team. And I well, no, but when, when the, the GM's saying that in the organization there's 10, there are 10 and 11 deep in defense, it's like all of the rumors and all of this BS that people have been saying that Toronto's not a deep organization and they stop at the NHL level. And then the, the GM and the coach are saying, like, no, no, we've got players in the minors that are literally preparing to make the leap next year. And then you look next year and players are coming off the books it's like and the caps going up it just it just makes me excited to be a Leafs fan right now like more excited than yeah. years past yeah yeah i'd agree but that. yeah you're right like dalstrom matt, matt Hollowell, philip crawl joey anderson probably and kyle clifford all these I players are making it in regards to the shuffling of the lines that you they i think majority or maybe not majority of the season, but for the first part of the season anyway, I think you'll see the traditional Marner, Matthews, Bunting, Nylander, Tavares, whoever. Yeah. I, I, I mean, feel like for, they uh, just, they're just shuffling those around to build some chemistry with the new guys. So Yarn Crow can yeah. interact with Matthews, can interact with whoever, right? So so Keith already said that apparently Matthews, Marner's, and Bunting is considered one line already. The other line that he touched on was Willie and JT. And that that second that top six third spot, or the sixth spot on the top six, that second or uh, third person on that line with JT and Willie is open for up for grabs. So you've got Kerfoot, you've got Yarncroke, and you apparently got Robertson all bidding for that spot. Then on the second line or third line, because Ingball's out, you have an open spot again. But I guess their idea for that role would be um, centered around Camp. So then it would be a defensive line structure. I would personally put Kerfoot on the second line, Cali Yarncroke on the third line, or switch those two. And then I would probably do a mix of 
uh, who's left? Abel, Abe Kubel, Zach Ashen Reese, and Gaudet. And then, depending on injury because of it, I would probably put Robertson in the top six because if he does perform, but you don't have a future for him, then you're showcasing him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you don't know what happens after. Maybe he doesn't press, but I don't know. Like, if I, I would just be super, um, a static, really. Say Ingvall's out six weeks, ten weeks, whatever it is. If Kyle Yarncroke, Alex Kerfoot, and David Camp were all in one line, like that would be sick. Like that would be a solid. Like either way, either way you slice the pie, whatever bottom six you have, this is the best defensive top bottom six that we've had. And I know people said like their their team was solid last year. I think last year was well. I mean, it's historically the best team ever based on points. I think I thought it was hard to beat, but then they then they freshened up with these last little bit of signings. And Zach Ash and Reese signing a PTO came because Ingvall's out. Kyle Dubas said that, so they must know Ingvall might be on for a while. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I I, I don't see Rob. I mean, I I want him to, make, and I think see it's weird. I like I want him to make the team, and I think he'll make the team to start the year, but I don't think he'll be on the team the whole year because then when Engvall comes back, there'll be a little bit more of a shuffle because he'll get his old spot back, whether that's third line or moving up or moving down wherever he up and down the lineup like he can play. So I feel like by that point, Robertson will be the odd man out. But yeah, I I, I, I agree. I like, like you, we mentioned uh, was either last week or two weeks ago or whenever, a couple of episodes ago, that when the, the Leafs first started as a preseason, uh, preseason, uh, preseason, free agency, we were a little hesitant of their signings, and we were like, like, what are you doing? Kind of do more, which a lot of people were. But, yeah, the Zach Austin-Reese and the Victor Mete and the Jordy Ben signings and all the other additions they've made, besides, obviously, the goalies, which could be a more could be a fail. But yeah, I think it, it's made me more confident. In, in, and then having Dubis and Keith say that they're, they're – they believe that the team is deep going into the AHL roster with the four defense or three defense extra and the four or five forwards extra. It just gives you that extra confidence and, and excitement for the team. Yeah, because there still is AHL forwards right now that we haven't even talked about, like that Holmgrum or Holmberg or whatever his name is. Morgan. Mal- yeah, Dennis Morgan. Oh, yeah, he should be on this list too. Um, Kyle comes out with a Morgan question mark. Um, and then there's um, what's his name? Aja, what's his name? Scott? Oh, like um, a Vich- a or yeah, that's it. Apparently, he can. I mean, he's only 19, but he's like NHL, not NHL ready, but NHL potential. So, like, there's, there's lots of players. The, the guy they brought over from Europe, wasn't it? This this offseason, didn't they sign someone from Europe that was supposed to be a potential Shaw? competition preseason? Um, they got Shaw, but oh, Logan Shaw, oh, yeah, and Logan. Yeah, an contract, yeah. I forget who you're talking about. Yeah, but Scott, there is. Yeah, there is. I think. Um, one guy I know. I think you. I think we've mentioned this before. One of you two have mentioned him. Um, that you like him, but he's never. He's always been with the Marlies. Is um, actually played for the Barry Colts. Curtis Douglas. Yeah. Yeah, Was Curtis Douglas. Was it you who mentioned you'd, you'd like to see him on the Leafs? Yeah, he's six eight. He's huge. Yeah, I'm looking at his stats right now. Six foot nine, two thirty five. Like, come on. Although the, the the problem is now with Toronto is I think like we've reached a point where 
like there's only two spots open. So a lot of these guys are going to be sitting for a while. But if, if Curtis Douglas is the bottom like last line center next year or two years from now, that'd be sweet. He's only 22. Like, Oh, and then and then getting deeper into the organization with goalies, you've got Murray, and you've got Samsonov. So, I mean, Murray's injury prone. Samsonov's not; he's just addicted to apparently illegal substances, which caused them to, to lose focus. Um, and then you've got Shalgren, and then on top of that, they're saying Joseph Wall is NHL ready. Like they they included him in the same conversation as Shalgren, and Shalgren was a backup last year. So it's like, are you yeah. kidding? And then they got Ferguson, who so, played for Vegas, right? Uh, oh, yes, yeah. for uh, Dylan Ferguson, and they also have uh, Dryden McKay, who's on there. I, he's not going to be making it right now, but he was a Hobie. I think he won the Hobie Baker, but then he got COVID, and the doctor gave him some medication. The medication had illegal substances in it, which caused him to get a six-month suspension. So he's banned from pro hockey for six months, I guess. I think it expires, like, December or something, but yeah, he's he's supposed to be super good too. Um, so I think I don't know if we mentioned it before, but on the podcast, at least by no means you have talked about Spencer. So maybe they're 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 hoping or or like um, anticipating that Matt Murray maybe gets injured and they could use him as LTIR relief if they think that yeah. both Shalgren and Wall are at least NHL ready backups, and then Samsonov is. It's a contender to be their permanent starter, whether it's for the year, half a year, and then going forward in the next coming season. Yeah, and then there's also, I would imagine, if say Jake Muslin's injury is lingering, first game they get, first game he gets hit weird, that's like six million or five million on the books too, like LTIR. Like there's, there's, you're right. There's probably internal candidates that they're probably thinking like, could work out. But yeah, I would imagine that. With just them talking about goalies, yeah, you're you're probably right on the Matt Murray front. He's a weird looking dude, huh? Yeah, weird looking. You say good looking? I I said weird looking. Why? Because he's like he's like I didn't know he was only 178 pounds. Yeah, and he's just Adam's apples as big as an NHL arena, and his mustache (laughs) his mustache is as big as a parking lot. Like, he's just a weird looking dude. <laughs> um, okay, we're we're way over an hour, so let's just bang off these over unders, the predictions, and let's get cruising. Okay, let's not go into great detail, but let's just say over under for the following. Scott, we'll start with you. Over under sixty goals for Matthews. Um, slightly under. I think I mentioned you before. I think he's going to get in between fifty five and sixty, so under, but not by much. All right, Kyle. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the same, Scott. Uh, Scott read my mind there, like 50, 56, 57. All right, you two are losers. I'm gonna go with over. I'm gonna say that is gonna get sixty-two. Marner, hundred points. Kyle. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think hundred hundred and five. All right, Kyle with the uh, yeah for over. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying over two, but I'm not going. I'm going to go like 101, 102. So he's just barely going to make it, but over. So yeah. I'm going to say he's going to get 108 points. So over for me as well. Um, Kyle, back to you. Nylander, 80 points, over, under. Or yeah, um, or no. 
I'm going to say uh, over uh, 80, 82 points, let's say. Point of, point of game kind of guy. All right, let's ask a further question on that. 40 goals over under for Nylander. Uh Under. Under? All right, so he's going to be dishing more than he's uh, scoring. Uh, Scott, 80 points uh, over under? Under. Like around 75, 76, and under 40 goals. Okay, uh, no love. I'm going to say over for both, because why the hell not? Uh, Tavares, 65 points. Yeah. Over. I think he'll get or like 71, 72, I think. Um, Kyle? Yeah, low to, uh, low to mid-70s is what I'll get. 73, 75. This, you guys are both saying around mid 70s, right? Yeah. yeah. I said early 70s, like 71, 72. All right. I'm going to say under. This is going to be the first uh, mega break season, I think, for Tavares. Um, 53 wins. I believe they had 53 wins last year. So over under. As a team, obviously. Let's say under. Um, Scott. Oh wait, Kyle. What do you think they're gonna get under fifty three? But what are you gonna? Get? What are they gonna end with? Uh, I think fifty. All right, fifty round the yeah, dot. I'm exact same under fifty. All right, not I'm under. Say... 50. They're gonna get under fifty three, but they're gonna get fifty. Okay, so they're so both of you guys are saying fifty. Yeah. Alrighty, I'm gonna say over. I think they're gonna get fifty five. Trauma Leaf points. They had 115 last year, I believe. Leafs points. We have them set at 110 over under. It'll be under for me. Uh, um, I said I said 50, 50 wins. So that'd be that put me at 100 points right there. Um, and then overtime, overtime uh, losses. Uh, I'll say 100, 105 points. I'm gonna say over, which is which is weird because I'm gonna say over, which is weird because I also said fifty, but I think they're gonna get eleven or twelve overtime losses on the year to bump them over that hundred ten point. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that they're gonna get the same as last year. They're gonna get one fifteen, so over. Okay, now this one's a two parter. We got. Pick your goalie, pick your starting goalie, and then you're picking the percentage of splits between them, or the ratio of splits. So, uh, Scott, we'll start with you. Sand, uh, sorry, not Sandine. Sam Sonoff or Murray? Sam Sonoff, 65-35. All right, this guy's uh, quick. Uh, Kyle? Um, I'm going to go Sam Sonoff as well. Uh, 63 uh What's the other one? 63 37. and 37. Did you say 63 37? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Very so, a one game difference. Nice. A one game difference Very... from 65 35. <laughs> Wait, and who did you pick again? Sorry? Sam Sonoff. Sam Sonoff for a. Okay, sweet. Um, I'm also going to choose Sam Sonoff, but I did hear on the radio that. Well, I, I 
it's not 100% confirmed, but apparently Sheldon Keefe mentioned something about splitting them, similar to what Boston did, which is 41-41. But I'm going to go 61-39. I'm going to go 62.5 and and, and 30, 30, what's that, 35, 36.5? That's how I'm going to go. All righty. Scott switches it up. All right. Uh, is there any other over half game will be because Murray at half game will be because Murray gets injured and Sam Sonoff will come in and play the other half. All right. Oddly specific between you two. Um, <laughs> I got a good one. Yep. How many how many fights we see on the year from a Leafs player? What do you guys think a good number is over under? Like one player or as a team? team? Total total for the for the whole Leafs Leafs team over Seven. under. I was okay. I was gonna say over under ten. Okay, okay so 100. Scott went a little bit. He Scott jumped the gun there. Uh, I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say Matthew drops the gloves a couple times this year. Wow. Without Simmons and Clifford on the team, who who else is gonna drop the gloves? Zach Ash and Reese, Jordy Ben, Jake Muzzin, Justin Hall. Yeah, but... Abel Abel or whatever his that, name is. That many times, like... Adam Adam Godet. I mean, okay, well, average, let's just, I just named eight players. If they all fight one time. Matt Murray. Still under 10. <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know, John Johnny T will drop. Maybe William Nylander will drop Nick Backstrom like he dropped him in the playoffs that one year. I don't know. I saw an unbelievable fight at a local hockey game the other day, so now I'm just okay. amped for fighting. You're just in it. You're just hoping for a UFC yeah. match. This guy cross-checked the goalie, but he just gets up. Goes nuts. These kids are junior C's, so they're wearing cages. Rips off his cage. Starts, you know, minor hockey, so they're pushing with their gloves. This guy just pulls off his glove. Freaking Conor McGregor's on one one punch in the face. This guy crumpled like I've never seen someone crumple before. Like, literally, as if you're folding a piece of paper. He just Wouldn't crumpled make. to the ground. And then got up and was, like, smiling to the crowd like I did that on purpose. Like, you don't even know what building you're in, buddy. <laughs> like... The guy got up looking like, uh, well, I actually don't know many UFC fighters, so let's just move on from that. Looking like Jorge Masvidal <laughs> after Usman knocked him out. I was thinking more like Ben Askren Anderson after Silver. Jake Paul knocked him out. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, we're into a final segment here. Uh, predictions. So we'll we'll end with, uh, yeah, let's, let's do awards. Who on the Leafs do you think is going to win any awards? Matthews, and what award? Matthews, Rocket. what one? Rocket, three times and, in a row. Book and, it. Um, what's the other one? The NHLPA one. The Lindsay? Selkie? No, the, yeah, you know, it's yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like the MVP, but NHLPA votes on it. Yeah. 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 The Matthews will win the Rocket and the Lindsay. Kyle? Yeah, I agree with, uh, with Scott on that one. I don't see All right. Kyle other. and Scott are two peas in a pod, apparently. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to say Austin Matthews for Rocket and Norris. Huh? <laughs> 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 I'm going to say um, Austin Matthews for Rocket, obviously. And I think, well, it's Bergeron still in the league, so maybe not Selkie. But I would probably say Ted Lindsay. And I'm going to I'm gonna book, him on, book him on Hart, too. Um, I think I'm winning four. Or not the Selkie. He's not gonna, the he can't win the Norris. 
you said you said <laughs> Rocket, Lindsay, Hart, and so oh, yeah, that's that's right. no, no, yeah, I said he can't win this all game because Bergeron's gonna win it. Oh, okay, um, that's what I was asking. Stanley Cup winner, pick your team now, motherfucker. Never mind. Toronto Maple Leafs. No. All right, Kyle Scott's hitting it off with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Say those are sharks. Huh? <laughs> Kyle randomly just had a mouthful of peanuts when he said that. Um, <laughs> he said San Jose. That's like <laughs> the worst team in the league. <laughs> all right, so San Jose. Um, all righty, it's not 1994 anymore. Uh, I'm going to be choosing the... Uh, I, I'm just going to say, actually, Trauma Blues for real. I think it's their time. Yeah. I feel it. Yeah. Scott, are you sticking with Toronto as well? Yeah. We got two votes for Toronto. And Kyle got one vote for San Jose Sharks. No, not actually San Jose. I'm joking. Do you think think I vote San Jose? Really think so? Yeah. No. No, I wouldn't wouldn't do that. I think Colorado's going to win it again. All right, this guy's going back-to-back with the Avalanche. I would say Toronto-Calgary final, duh. Um. So we got the first. Yes. Oh man, could you imagine? Could you imagine if it was actually like? I don't. I mean, it's impossible. But San Jose makes the Stanley Cup final, and then I was going to say beats Colorado because that's who picks, but it's impossible to have happen. But uh, yeah, that'd be hilarious. Beats them in like overtime at Game Seven. Kyle's like, I cry like Snoopy. <laughs> oh man. Um <laughs> all right. First overall pick. Not the player, the team. Who's getting it? Philadelphia. Scott 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 says Philadelphia. Oh, you guys hear about Ryan Ellis? Did. Yeah, pretty much career ending that injury, whatever he has. Heard um heard of something like pretty threatening to his life, so sucks. Um, Arizona is my is my pick. Um, Arizona. I'm gonna yep. say Chicago. Oh, I forgot about them. Also, I just realized this, guys. Embarrassing. It's an it's a it's a I shit the bed moment. So obviously, you guys have been seen on the ticker at the bottom. There's been some uh, things going through. Yeah. Well. I clicked the sign up for DraftKings today using promo TPPN. The Pigskin Podcast Network. <laughs> Not the hockey one. I chose the wrong one. Wow. So don't use the Pigskin Hockey or what? Don't use the Pigskin Network. Use the Hockey Network. So it's THPN, not TPPN. That's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> we're moving on. Yeah. All right. Division one to four, Toronto. Choose your one to four. I'm gonna say uh, Toronto, Tampa, Detroit, Boston. Uh, I'm gonna go Toronto, Tampa, Boston, Ottawa. Ottawa sucks. Which I think just contradicts something I said last week, but I'm gonna yeah, go I Ottawa. Think so. I think I said they'd be around wild card, so I think it still fits. I think and I have to keep I'd that Florida go. prediction. So. 
I'd, I'd probably go something like Toronto, Tampa. Um, I think Ottawa. And then I don't think Boston's going to be that good this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a dark horse in there and say uh, Buffalo. Ah, the big buff. No one said Florida. Nope. Yeah. Yikes. Florida sucks. Scott, Scott can't. Yeah, Scott yeah. can, yeah. And they actually I don't think they actually got better. Like yeah, they made that trade, but they also lost a lot more than they gained, so Yeah, they pretty much lost three quarters of their team. Um okay, so biggest surprise. We've got a good surprise, um, a bad surprise. I don't really know why I put bad surprise. I should have said this was shocking. Um and then we're gonna go team for Toronto and then NHL. So we're gonna go um the most surprising player on the team or store on the team, whatever uh, the most disappointing uh, player on the team this year. And then we're going to do the same for the NHL with players or sorry, uh, teams. So I'll start with, I think uh, we're going to go with Cal Yarncroaks. Sorry. Cal Yarncroaks going to have 50 points uh, with the trauma police this year. And the biggest disappointment slash uh, I guess, letdown would be, uh, I'm going to say Morgan Riley for no specific reason just the fact that I love Morgan Riley but at the same time I can't stand him so I think Morgan Riley is going to disappoint okay okay uh, I'm going to go the, 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 the surprise or the, the good thing is um, I don't I'll also go younger, but I won't go 50 points. I'll say 40 points. And then my disappointment will be that Michael Bunting doesn't have as good a year as last year. By no means is that disappointing. Yes, it's disappointing in his production, but it's good for his contract. Well, no, yeah, I know, but it'd be nice if he can continue getting the points he did. But I don't think he's going to do as well as he did last year. Actually, can I switch my biggest uh, disappointment? I think my dig. Oh, (laughs) 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 oh man! Oh man! I think my biggest disappointment is going to be Matthew Nyes decides not to join Toronto at the end of the year. Oh, that's a good one. That'd be a little upsetting. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, Kyle. All right, you're up. All right. Hey, man. All righty. Obey Kubel pops 17 goals. Um, Biggest disappointment is uh, we don't get to see no more Simmons and Clifford fighting. (laughs) Oh, man. Me and Scott are total opposite of this clown, huh? Kyle's all like. You just said how you want well, to see the least fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that, that's true. I forgot about that. Kyle's like, bring back uh, Ty Domi. And Cold we're like, Chris and McLaren. Bring him back. <laughs> and we're like, let's get more goals in the game. Let's do more lacrosse moves. And Kyle's like, put that stick on the ice. <laughs> put that coho co- back on. Yeah, Kyle's literally talking about Cooper goalie equipment. Yeah. Um, the white helmet. Kyle, uh, uh, rumor has it Kyle is a Joe for helmet. 
I do not. I, I definitely do not. He's got the same Jova helmet that um, Matt Sundin wore when he came to Toronto. Um, all right, so we're going to go NHL. So biggest disappointment, biggest shock. Hit it as like teams. I mean, I guess it doesn't need to be shocking. I guess it could be like McDavid doesn't crack 100 points, whatever it wants to be. I'm going to personally choose points because I want to put my life on the line like that. So I'm gonna what I'm gonna choose teams because I don't want to put my life on the line. Okay. I'm gonna go Florida Panthers to make the playoffs. Stick them with Okay, that you can't choose that one. You already chose that one two two months ago, three months ago. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's trying to pull a fast okay. one on us. <laughs> like okay, uh, well then come back to me because I gotta think of a new one now. All right, Kyle, you want to go or you want me to go? Can you start it off? Okay. I'm gonna say. Uh, the biggest shock to me will be uh, the mm, the New York Rangers don't make the playoffs. Wow. And I'm going to say uh, the biggest um, disappointment, I guess, would be um, that the LA Kings take a step back. So they don't make the playoffs as well. And that would be disappointing to me because, obviously, I want them to, to – uh, to make the playoffs, I like LA, uh, and then the Rangers would be definitely the the shock. I guess technically they're both shocking to me, but I think if LA didn't make the playoffs, I'd be like, ah, that guy sucks because yeah, they did so well last year. Okay, uh, so I'll go with the surprise or shock is that Seattle will be competing for a wild card spot. And my disappointment will be that uh, it, we'll go. Connor McDavid doesn't get to 100 points. Oh, hear that, Connie? We'll throw that. Connor out. Connor, McDav- uh, Connor McDavid had too many things to worry about this offseason. He's not going to be focused on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't heard, look it up. All right, Kyle, what's yours? Okay. Um, I'm going to say uh, uh, Buffalo competing for a wild card spot. <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> what? You already said that in your division of rank, buddy. Yeah, it's a carryover. <laughs> All right. Kyle with a carryover. Okay, okay. fine. O- Ottawa, Ottawa making the playoffs. Okay, biggest shock. Yep. And then the biggest disappointment? Buffalo doesn't make the wild card. Uh, Buffalo makes it close, but they don't make the wild card. Oh, man. This guy's in love with Buffalo. Hey, why don't you take so the wait. QEW down there? So, so wait. Buffalo <laughs> is both going to take the playoffs <laughs> and not make the playoffs. Because a couple minutes ago, you said they would finish fourth in the division. Yeah, but they're not like going to make the wild card the spot. Oh, so they're going to finish fourth, but not make the playoffs. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not happening. Oh man, this guy's like not no suit for you. Nope. <clears throat> okay. All right. That okay. might have been the most um, unorganized mumble jumble podcast we've put together yeah, since well, I mean, day one. I'm not 100 percent sure just how this how this went that you will find this episode in particular on YouTube, which is unfortunate, but I think that there's 
there's too much issues that we had. I don't know. We'll talk about it as a group. You might find it on YouTube if you want to watch. If not, it's okay. Uh, but we might not put it on. We might have to just use this as a trial run to get us back into the group for next week. Um, and then uh, next week, we'll talk a little bit more about the two games. Well, three games, because there's two games on Saturday. Ottawa and Toronto play at 3.30 and 7.30, and then they play uh, Montreal on Wednesday night. So we'll be back with you next Thursday to discuss all of that, as well as any other news and notes from training camp. So we haven't really been doing much with the website. I apologize for that. I do want to get into the groove of doing a blog, but I think I'm going to wait a little bit because I want to see how we're doing with the Hockey Podcast Network and all that jazz. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Check on our YouTube. We only have one video up. Check on our TikTok. We only have two videos up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of difficult sometimes TikTok? because, like, what did you say? I didn't even know we had a TikTok. Yeah, Kyle pretty much knows half of what I do because, like, every time I share it to the group chat, this guy's either golfing or at work. Golf's a good game. If, if anyone's looking at doing something, well, it's, I don't know, it's, it's fall here in Canada. First, uh, Today was the first day of fall. Yeah, it's nine nine. Yeah. Oh, it's past nine. I'll be first day of fall, everyone. Yeah, uh, it's getting cold now, so obviously golf season's nearing an end. I'm actually golfing tomorrow. Thanks for reminding me, Spencer. Uh, I actually didn't, to be honest. <laughs> well, everyone can play golf. All right, yeah. If you need a golf tutor, ask Kyle. Here's a little like golf story for you. Me, man, the guy from Billy, or not Billy, man, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, it's all on the hips. Um, me and Scott's other brother, Matt, and our nephew went golfing. We were so bad that the guy who owns the golf course was cutting grass, came over on his lawnmower, got off his lawnmower, and taught us how to shoot the ball or hit <laughs> the, the ball. the first time we ever been golfing. Because <laughs> oh, we were like, we're, relax, relax, Tiger Woods. Because <laughs> we're, we're, we're Billy Madison it. Billy Madison and Happy Gilmoreing it, sorry. Gilmore. And, um, yeah, and he just wanted us to be more like Phil Mickelson. So it was pretty embarrassing. I ended up Watson. Okay. <laughs> just naming golfers back here. <laughs> this guy just spends his Sundays watching football and golf. Like, hey, buddy, get a life. No, Anyways. I don't watch golf. I'd rather watch paint dry. Actually, you ever seen paint dry? No. I think that's a scene in Family Guy. I think it is. It sounds familiar. Anyways, that is all for us. Uh, we'll be um, back with you next week. So have a good night and um, get super excited for the 24th because there's two games, doubleheader, Sam Sonoff and Matt Murray are supposed to be starting both uh, of the games. And then Joseph Wall and Eric Shawgarn are supposed to be getting the backup. We're also, let's hope, I think the later game also has more of the skill players. So check out for that. Peace, everyone. Deuces. Have a good night.